exposing the truth hidden in plain sight. Log on or tune in to g1truthradio.com. Yo, y'all know what it is. It's the God in the building. It's Majestic. This is G1TruthRadio.com. Y'all know we out here. We keep it 100. This is where you're going to come to listen to all your source of real hip-hop, underground hip-hop, true school hip-hop. We keep it real. Keep it 100 with all things black. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got a bill with y'all tonight because I got somebody in the building with me. You know what I'm saying? Definitely a heavyweight in the rap game. A lot of y'all that's, you know what I'm saying, in, involved with real hip-hop. Y'all know what time it is. For those that don't, y'all definitely need to get acquainted with this brother because we're talking about somebody that's a heavyweight in the game that got a lot of years, that got a lot involved in this music business and is affiliated with a lot of cats that were groundbreaking and instrumental when it come to hip-hop. So if y'all don't know about this dude, I definitely want to introduce y'all to him right now, man. We're talking about... Mr. Murder Avenue, Mr. Mathematics of Rap, you know what I'm saying, with the pissed off penmanship. I want to introduce y'all to my dog. This is my man, Illa G, straight out of BK, Bed-Stuy. What's up, almighty? 1,000. Peace. Incredible mathematics rap. Illa G, Brooklyn in the building. Yo, you know what it is right now, because we caught you on the late night, you know what I'm saying? You're a busy man. You got a lot of things going on. We definitely don't want to hold up your time, so I definitely appreciate you even taking the time to build with me right now, man. So it's good seeing you, but... Yo, I wanted to poly with you on your career and what you're doing right now, you know what I'm saying? Because I see you definitely do your thing with the web series and you're making this transition from like hip-hop. Well, I don't even want to call it transition. I more look at it like a balance between the industry and the music, you being a true school MC and entertainment as far as, you know what I'm saying, production, movies, directing. You got your hands in a lot of things right now and you're producing your web series. I think the web series is New York Minute, right? Exactly. Yes, sir. What's going on with that, God? Right now, we're still filming. Um, you know, we're just trying to knock out a lot of scenes. I'm trying to be uh, more professional as possible as far as, you know, not doing an episode, like putting out an episode one episode at a time. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I can put out the episodes weekly like a schedule. Okay, when I peeped you, you definitely got two joints you're working on. I think one um, web series I peeped out was you had a joint which is Bar for Bar. You know what I'm saying? And you working on New York Minute. With the New York Minute joint, like, as far as your your, your pattern and what you're working out, like, what's what exactly is New York Minute about, for those that don't know? New York Minute is about four friends. Four friends who got their own shit going on in their situations. You got, you know, some, one is in the love triangle. One is trying to change his life. One is trying to enter a new business. And the other one is trying to be a, a protector of his family. Now, um, how do you see that? Where do you see that taking off for you? Like, what part of the game is that for you? Like, where's the end? The, where's the end game to that? Where do you see this going right now? Uh, hopefully, uh, to like television, HBO, or something. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I, I did a lot of studying of on how to write a web series and so on and so forth. So, you know, I think these characters got depth. These characters has a, a real life meaning to them and you know 
you can see the characters grow, you can see the characters do everything. So there's, you know, there's room for them to grow. <clears throat> Pardon me, there's room for them to, for people to understand these characters because these characters are now a lot of people. What really made you decide to like, wake up one day and said, you know what? I want to do something with film or I want to do a documentary or I want to do a web series. What put you to that point where you wanted to kind of put that in effect? Well, I always wanted to do a documentary. The web series came about because, you know, I've seen, I, I've seen a lot of horrible web series. So I just actually got tired of looking at horrible web series and decided to try to do my own. How far along the process are you in right now and right now with that? And who's some of the people you got involved working with you? I did peep out um, one of your joints where you said you, um, where you just got um, Prodigy involved as one of the cast members in your joint. Yeah, I got, uh, as far as the cast members, the, the top, you know, the main headliner cast members is my homeboy uh, Valentino G.I. Joe. He plays Deuce. We got Sharice Farmer and Simone Fletcher. Uh, we got my home, my little homie Callie Buds as Trav, and we got uh, Rim the Villain as Frizz Frederick. And so you know, down the line we got Prodigy. His, his character's name is Piccolo. We got Swave Seva, you know, Battle Rap Pioneer. Uh, he's coming in the, uh, on the team. You know, just quite a few people. You know, everything that's involved. My homeboy. Uh, Giviard Joseph, he's a like an up and coming actor. He, you know, he's in uh, he's in John Wick. He's been in Gotham. He's been in a lot of uh, series and so on and so forth. He will be in the Power, the new season of Power next year. That's what's up. So, how did exactly did you go about finding your cast members? Did you do it like the Hollywood way, or you made you did it like you put on your boys from the neighborhood, or how did you exactly put that together? Both half and half. half I, and went half to, half. I went to I went to an acting school, John Jeffries Acting School, and uh, you know, you know, if y'all don't know who John Jeffries is, he's been an actor, a child actor since he was, you know, he been in the game for. He was, uh, I think he was. I don't want to lie, but I think he was in. Ra he was the main character in like Raising Isaiah or something like that, or something like that. And um, Raising Arizona. No, I was a little boy. It was he was he'd been acting since he was young. Basically, and he was in power also down the line. I think uh, I know his character. I think Fifty Cent shot him in um, the show. But I went to his acting school and picked up quite a few people. I picked up Mimi Allen. I picked up, you know, Giviard Joseph. He was from the acting school. Um, Clarissa, the Lord kills. She'll kill me if I don't say her name. But Clarissa, quite, you know, what I'm saying quite a few people from from the acting school and. Then I just got my little homies, you know what I'm saying, Callie Budge, Rim Devellin, and, you know, Prodigy, and Swave Seva, and Brawl, my homeboy Brawl, um, my homeboy Animas, you know, my homeboy Day Day that was just standing here, so quite a few in the heart. So now that you got your cast and you putting this joint together, are you involved in it personally in terms of acting, or are you more dealing with it from behind the scenes in, in terms of directing? I really didn't. I don't want to be in it. Oh, man. LG, <laughs> not in front of the camera. What's really good with I that, mean, man? I mean, I'm more excited from being, you know, learning. There's a lot of stuff I learned from watching off the internet. You know, uh, you know, looking at TV, I'm an avid, you know, watching the entertainer as far as TV, so on and so forth. So I'm learning everything, a lot of things about camera movement, how to, you know, tell a story within the story with the camera. 
and I, that's more like exciting and intriguing to me as of now. So, so as far as I the, mean, a, a lot of people have asked me to put myself in it. I may do it in a second season, may not. So, as far as like your, you see, your, so at some point, you do you see yourself acting inside of your own joint? I probably, maybe. How did you get involved in terms of the directing aspect of it? And because um, from what I understand, you're the writer. Yes. Producer. Yes. Director. Yes. MC. Yes. You like the chef of this shit, the whole shit. You like the jack of all trades when it comes to this joint, man. Plus, you a heavyweight when it comes to the game and the, and the lyrics. And as far as your MC skills, like you really got. There's, there's, there's a few cats, there's a lot of cats in the game when it comes to MCing, there's a lot of cats in the game when it comes to rap music, and there's a lot of cats in the game when it comes to hip-hop. But for real niggas that listen to hip-hop, people like to look for particular things in terms of, um, you know, beats gotta be hot, but on top of the beat, when it comes to lyrics, you got a particular type of style that really nobody else don't really rock. And I know you used to rock hard, God Rest the Dead, to Sean P., the lyrical barbarian, but he definitely, I noticed, like, had embraced your style, and you and him seemed to have, like, a real thorough, thorough relationship together, so I know that if, you know what I'm saying, P acknowledges you as a true MC, you would, you definitely got skills and talent, what kind of pushed you or motivated you into the, into the world of MC and to even begin with? My brother and my cousin. My uh, my cousin Skosky, he was like a DJ back in the days, and, and also he was an MC too. But he was never scared to battle anyone. You know, when they used to babysit me, they used to uh, sneak me to these uh, block parties or whatever. You know, they would pretty much threaten me, tell me to shut the fuck up, don't tell, and they would just take me to these parties, and I would watch my cousin battle anybody. You know, my brother was involved too, but you know. He used to like pretty much lay back so on and so forth. So they pretty much gave me the basis of how to be lyricist. For those that don't know, we doing this live right now. You know what I'm saying? We out here on Marcy. We doing the BK style. So every something. So everything you hear right now is truly official. Pardon self. I want to get marked out this motherfucker. Word up. But um, when you started out, would you come more consider yourself? When you start out, did you start out as a battle rapper? Did you start out freestyling? Or did you just start out with a sick pen game just to begin with? Um, it was basically, I wouldn't say, my cousin taught me to pretty much be prepared if you battle anyone. It's a pretty much of a, you know, I call rap a contact sport. So the, the I would say the competitiveness. I would, I would say I would have a competitive pen, if anything. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't say I'm a battle rapper or anything like that, but, you know, I'm I'm not afraid of a challenge. I'm not afraid of, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, down the line, learned about songs and so on and so forth. And But I'm more like what they would call, it's, it's called ego tripping when you pretty much brag on your style or whatever. True indeed, true indeed. Jesus Christ.
I'm keeping all that shit in there. I'm <laughs> keeping all that shit in there, yo, word up. But yo, I know, I remember when I first got introduced to you as an artist, you know what I'm saying? Is when you um, dropped the joint with um, Alchemist and Prodigy hold you down. How did you get that popping? How did that jump off of you? Uh, basically, one day, uh, uh, Prodigy was at uh, Alchemist's crib when he lived in Manhattan. And uh, he called me and was tell, you know, told me to come through. And when I came through over there, they was working on it. So I just asked him, like, girl, let me rhyme on it. And it was like, yeah. And I just started writing around to it. Simple as that. Simple as that. And after that, it was like, oh, this shit is dope. We're keeping it later. Yeah, down. it was supposed to be originally for a DVD, Infamous Allegiance. But then you just, you know, then our brother got involved and it was like, oh, we need a bet, you know, the hook. So they went and got Nina Sky and so on and so forth. And, and it came out to be that. Well, when I interview a lot of artists, right, what I usually hear from a lot of artists is like, you know, they decided they liked what they was hearing with other artists, with other MCs, and they decided that they wanted to get in, get into the game with their pen game. And then that kind of evolved where they may have got with other heads and it turned into a crew. And after the crew, you know, they kind of separated and did their solo thing. And then, like, one nigga out that click may get on. Was it like that for you, or did you always start out as a solo artist? Or Yeah, I pretty much was a solo artist. Like, most of, a lot of us were solo artists. You know, and Prodigy and Havoc didn't meet each other until high school. So, you know, that's, you know, they actually used to battle each other before they became partners, but everybody else was just pretty much solo artists. Your, your relationship with Prodigy, how did that come about? Like, how did y'all first click up to even become friends enough to even want to go that route? We went to high school called Art and Design. True and I met him Big then. up to Art and Design. I met him then because I actually was going to rob Prodigy. <laughs> oh, shit. But then uh, a friend of ours, uh, Terrence, huh? Not four. No, his jewelry. He had jewelry. Had jewelry. Yeah. Like it was, you know, at that time, like he was like, you know, you pretty much had to like earn the jewelry that was there. A lot of people couldn't. Like I had like big, like big rings, four finger, three finger rings, and I seen it. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, he gotta go. But then my homeboy met him and was cool, was like, nah, son, cool. So, you know, I met him and we came like, pretty much came like brothers and shit like that. So, and that was it, you know what I'm saying? And we just, you know, just kicked it a lot of shit, different shit. We, you know, me and Prodigy is like sat together and pretty much was like, you know what? We're going to sound like nobody on this planet and we're going to destroy everybody. So. Now, during the course of that joint, when that came out, that shit came out and that shit really, really hit crazy, crazy hard. Like... It had all the elements that was needed to make a good hip-hop song. You got a song that chicks could get into because of the way the beat was swing. You had it for the fellas because you had some hardcore heavyweight lyrics. And it was just all-around um, tight production. But I think during that time, you had kind of got bagged and was in a situation. No, no, I just came home. You had just came home. I just came home. I was like about two, three years home when we did that. But the funny thing is, is that, like, the DJs, everybody shitted on me on that song. Like, everybody, like, Alchemist had, like, a book of when he was sitting out music and to see what the DJs and everybody thought. And everybody was like, who is that guy? Like, he really is not needed on the song. But the fans... When we performed the song, the fans would go crazy. For all my niggas I war for, blow the 444. You know I get some, even if we trap standing back to back, out. No matter if you're wrong or right, you still right. For you, I lay a nigga. 
I don't care if it's the president, I cock my shit, man. For all y'all bitches in the club, if you hop in my truck, first thing you're gonna go. And when we get to the telly, I'ma bend you over, man. Exactly. It was the chicks that liked it so much. And I was like, did you, bitch, did you hear what I just said? <laughs> and they was like, yo, that should have done. I was like, all right, whatever, fuck it. Now, I want to ask you a personal question because you was coming home when this joint came out. So prior no, to that, I was home. I was you was home, home when, it, when it came out. But you wasn't home for like a long period of time. You were still kind of fresh. Yeah, I miss Hello Nerf. I miss, I'm from, I got locked up in 96. Right after I did my verse for Hello Nerf. Can't get enough of it. The day after I did my verse, I got locked up. Now let me ask you this. You locked up. What was it like the moment that this shit is like popping off and shit is starting to get crazy and you're starting to see that the the song Hold You Down is about, is, is blowing up and then prior to that, the joint that you had with, with Mob Deep and you coming out of this tr- this transition from like being fresh out to like famous. I'm not, I don't think I'm famous though. Well, I'm gonna I, I don't. I don't get that. I don't, I'm not famous. Well, I'm gonna keep it 100 with you. The reason why I use that terminology, I use that word, is because when I talk to older cats, they're aware of who you are, and they're able to break down your rhyme, your style pattern. They're quoting your verses because certain lines you got. It's just every every line you really dropping is like a punch in the face. You know what I'm saying? Every verb, every every lyric that you spitting is like. Dragging somebody through the mud is very hard hitting, very hard spitting, you know what I'm saying? Grand Theft Auto, Animal, Arch Nemesis. Elegy speaks latitudes and kill witnesses. Mr. Murder Avenue, rap until you picture it. Piss poor, writing with a pissed off penmanship. Original war, metaphors are called syphilis. Grip a four, four, figure four, the floor pyramids. Rip you in the jaw, spit a stench and call syllabus. Rape you with a saw, sex intercourse, incubus, illa. I'm like murder in the mezzanine, antihistamine, black apocalyptic Listerine. It's on fire, the illa lit a match to it. The five niggas in the party, you know, act ruthless. At this point, I'm right, don't know how to act music. Intelligent drama for those who want to act stupid. I fucked up somewhere down the line, but I keep a tray pound of four, fifth, and a nine. Illa. And you coming at it with the syllables and everything is like, well, um, put together. And then when I talk to younger cats, the younger ones who you would think, you know, listen to a lot of that fucking mumble rap shit and that type of shit, they aware of who you are too. And actually, this is the reason why I had to quote it by saying it was a young guard that quoted you as Mr. Murder Avenue because he's quoting your verses, Mr. Mathematics of Rap with the pissed off penmanship. This is coming from young guards. So it's like, you gotta accept that there's some kind of notoriety in that because people is kind of like recognizing who you are from all walks of life and I'm doing this from New York to the A so even down in the south people are aware of who Illogy is and you had a lot of involvement with like a lot of cats from like Fame, Juju, Guilty Simpson, Royal Flush, Sean P, the whole boot camp clique and and um, Prodigy so you work with a lot of contenders in the game. I just met, like pretty much met the dude that I like highly respect ever in life. That's G-Rex. And I 
to me. I still don't. I guess I don't know. It's like a. I don't look for it. True indeed. I don't look for it, so it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't. I'm not used to it. I don't. I think I saw a post that you put up. You had a joint with you and G Rap. I think you and G Rap is about to do a joint together. Yeah. And I think you quoted G Rap saying, like, yo, you definitely check for your style as one of the illest MCs in the game. So. That's the, to me, that's the biggest thing. In life. I think that's the biggest accolade a black man could ever get. If you got one of the most illest MCs saying he's checking for you as one of the most illest MCs, your name is Illa G. You can't get more iller than that. You know what I'm saying? I'm honored. So I want let me let me talk about your relationship with Sean P. How how did that kind of come about? Because when I see you with Sean P, it's like you can see that there's a, a camaraderie there. It's not just about somebody knowing somebody else that could rap. Every time I see y'all together, you can sense that there is a very like kind of compassionate brotherhood that you guys had that seemed to have a little bit more involved than just two niggas spitting some lyrics. It started uh, a while back. I know we have like a mutual friend, JD from Team Demo. JD used to always say, you know, y'all two should get together and do something. Plus, I seen an interview where they said me and Sean Price had similar styles. So, you know, we went to the same studio and I seen him one day and was like, yo, you know, we should do something. And he was like, all right, let's do it. And, you know, pretty much, you know, it started with the first song we ever did together was uh, um, Ladies and Gentlemen, you know, the Hardcore Brooklyn. I forgot the name of the goddamn song. But anyway, that was the first thing we did. And we just slowly, like, you know what I'm saying, just got cool. It wasn't no force injury. It wasn't pause. Well, it wasn't no force you know, friendship, it was just like, you know, he was cool, I was cool, and then we just wound up, like, really kicking it, and, you know, talking, and, you know, saying, chilling, and plus we knew the same people from, you know, Brownsville, and so on and so forth, so, it was just, you know, we just got real cool, and, you know, that became, like, you pay our brother, you know what I'm saying, like, it was just like, we would go to the studio all the time, and, not even, it wasn't even about music all the time. Sometimes, you know, he would call and like, be like, yo, what's up, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? This is a real nigga check right now. And actually, you know, he was telling me like, yo, I, I didn't like you at first. <laughs> he was like, to hold you, I was, to him, I was to hold you down, nigga. Who, to hold you down, nigga? I don't think I'm gonna like that, nigga. Yeah, Sean P's that kind of dude. Yeah. So, after the hold you down joint come out, from the time that jumped off and some of the features that you were on after that, how did that progress into you as a solo artist to start putting out your own albums? How did that go about? I mean, it, it, it came about because uh, at the time, at the time, like, um, me and Prodigy had like a misunderstanding. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, I didn't want to... At the same time, I like I didn't want to be a burden, so you know I had to learn to do a lot of things on my own. So, you know, I knew they was busy with projects and so on and so forth. So I used to sit and watch them put an album together or a mixtape together. So I was, you know, I learned by watching them put it together. Then, you know, what I'm saying it felt like 
it seemed like, you know, they wasn't going to try to help my situation and whatever, so on and so forth, you know. So it's just like it forced me to be more business, more business-minded of on my own. It was pretty much sort of like a blessing in disguise. So I kind of went hard. I kind of used that as fuel to just go hard. And, you know what I'm saying? And I, in my mind, and I thought everybody slept on me on Hold You Down because they didn't understand that was a song. So, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I thought people just didn't see me as, like, real lyrical because I pretty much dumped my shit down for a lot of time, for a lot of years, not really spitting how I wanted to rhyme. Yeah, because the way you spit on Hold You Down, which is a tight joint, and I definitely think out of the whole joint, your verse, your verse was the tightest. It's not something I would definitely say is a common elegy type joint. Your joints are usually a lot more hard, more a little more hard hitting than that. But the way that I think what made that song popular to keep it 100 is the way that your verse and your voice, the way it complemented the track, because it was like you were still a beast on the shit, but you weren't like like being overbearing over the track. Everything just really flowed together and you rode over the joint like really well. And I think that that was like the sticking point for, for the whole song. You got the notoriety of Prodigy being the joint, just being Prodigy. And you got Alchemist kind of like introducing himself, you know, in the game as far as that. And you coming into it, it definitely just gave it that overall. It was a combination of a lot of things that just made that shit a real fly joint. But then that shit progressed into your solo album. Your, sol your solo joints, which came first? Was it the When the King Come Out or was it Myrtle and True? No, it was actually Body Music. Gotcha. It was Body Music, Murder and Troop, mm, Bullet and a Bracelet, When the King Come Out, mm, after When the King Come Out. I know it was like a few mixtapes in there with uh, Elegy Attacks, Premier Beats, New York Crunk, um, When the King Come Out. Then I, I think they had Illa Spectrum. Then you had uh, Social Graffiti. And then I put out a mixtape, Illamatic. And my next album is going to be called Suede Cigarettes. That's the joint that's coming out? Yeah, Suede Cigarettes. So when you come out with a project and you drop in an album, is there something that is personally attaching you to the project? Like when you title it and you give it a name, is there an overall concept to the album? Or is it just like, yo, I just want to make sure I just throw out some hard spitting shit so motherfuckers really know that, you know, Illogy is a beast on the mic? Or does it have some other type of conception that people may not even be aware of? Um, it's a little of a little of both. I mean, I never like had a whole full conceptual album, but it's just like it, it's just like uh, this. Is, I would say Suede Cigarettes will be my most personal album to date because I feel I I don't I lost record deals because I didn't want to really speak about the street shit. I don't think it's I don't think it's worth people get it misconstrued, and I don't feel I should teach the youth how to you know to be a thug. So, you know, just because I was in jail, they want me to talk that rah-rah shit all the time. And it's like... Yeah, most it. niggas I know that live that life don't really want to talk about it. And niggas that don't live that life seem to want to run their mouth about it a lot. And it seems like, you know, the media 
and, and the entertainment companies and the labels, they more want to find cats to kind of spit out some shit that's like not right and exact as opposed to just straight up real hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Like twice, you know what I'm saying? They was like, yo, you know, one label was like, yo, you, you know, you went to jail. Like what, what, you know, we want to hear you talk your street life. And I looked at him crazy. Like, are you kidding me? Like, nah, I'm good. I'm good, I'm good. So it's it's weird. It's weird. But I would say Sway Cigarettes will be my most personal, personal stuff of, you know, trying to, trying to be more of an open book rather than, you know what I'm saying, just be, you know, just rhyme. I, I, you know, just rhyme through the whole album. Me, Social Graffiti was my revenge album. I don't know why I just felt nobody thought I knew how to rhyme. So that was like my pure revenge for, you know all the way revenge album like yo you think I can't rhyme listen to that what's your most favorite album out of all the work you did well it would be this one right as of now talking about Sway Cigarettes it would be Sway Cigarettes I would really believe that. I thought like social graffiti would have been one of your that's one of my when, when I ones. put it out it was <laughs> I bet <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I put it out it was then again one of my joints too my favorite joint is Questions and I think that was on uh when the Kings come out, was that Probably, when they come out? Man. You know what I'm saying? But I did look at your joint, and it, it look, appeared to me like, did you drop two albums in one year at one time, or did they come out like a year or two after each other? Because I saw something that said they both like it. Almost looked like you dropped like two joints in 2011. Probably, I don't know. Can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Probably did. Who knows? Either way, you cut it. All the albums I ever heard that you spit is a, is a is a lot of pain that um. Where 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 would you where does your where does your style come from where your flow come from what even inspired you to spit the way you spit because yeah where did your style come from it's I'm I'm, I'm a fan of words for a while people said like uh, people say like I sound like a nerd somewhat but I don't think so I don't think I say difficult words. But it's just like sounding different, just to sound different. Say something, putting words together that you that really don't you don't think belong together as far as sentences wise. You know what I'm saying? But I I don't you know what I'm saying? It's just like it had never it's it's like learning when I used to write rhymes in jail, you had no beat, no nothing. So it's just like how can I still sound relevant by so you just write rhymes where everything is pretty much, you know, it will stay relevant now. Like, I can say jail rhymes now that it will sound like it's relevant today. Now, what, 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 for those that don't know, what year did you first um, pop off on? What year did you first come out? I actually was supposed to, I was on the Infamous album. But then when I got on the Infamous album, I got locked up again. But then that's when everything was transferring from tapes to CDs. So there's a there's like a very small small version when they first went to a CD that uh, on an infamous called Up North Trip, and you know it should be a General G on there. But after that, is you know they took it off. Then after that, that's when I firstly you know as far as that. But then I made it on Hello Nerve. Now, when you, we fast forward 20 years later, Illa G's still out. He's still in the game. 
I know you don't consider yourself famous. I know you accept the fact that you got some notoriety. I know you accept the fact there's a lot of cats that big you up as a heavyweight in the game. But how does it feel exactly to know that through all you have done, where most artists' lifespan is two albums, tops, 20 years later, you're still relevant in the game, you evolved, and you're still out here doing your thing, and people still know who you are. What, what does that make you feel, or what exactly does that do for you? Just as an MC, just as a, as a person, how does it feel to still be relevant in the game? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's good. I mean, I like it. You know, I just like music. I just like music. This, this is my therapy. Music is my therapy. It's hard to transition. You know, it's not easy. People may think it's pretty much easy to, to uh, you know, to transcend from street life to normality. And it's just like, it's just a bigger drug as anything else. And, you know, a lot of people wouldn't get that unless you, you know, being on the other side. Like, it was, you know, it's an exciting life that's a lie. That's why when I did the song A Beautiful Lie, it was actually about the street. You know, people, you know, people, you know, everybody, everybody's for her. Nobody never seen her face. Nobody never seen her shape. But everybody loved the street, but the street don't love you. She don't give a fuck about you. She going to use you. Then when you get locked up, the street don't call you. The street don't write you. But you do everything for her. True indeed. Now, let me ask you, because, you know, it's difficult for me to go there. Because, on one hand, it, it changes the tone of our discussion. But, like I said, you did have a very thorough relationship with Sean P. So, what was that like for you? Because, you know, I remember when um, the album, Sean Price album, last album came out, you got, you got joints on there with him, and he's no longer with us. So, how does that make you feel, knowing that uh, when you found out or got that news that um, P had passed on? What was that like for you? No, it was, it was unreal. Because he had just helped me, you know, get back functional after my mom's passed. My mom's died a year before Sean Priest. So Sorry I, for your loss, Black right. So it was just like, you know, I was just getting over that. He helped me get out that funk, helped me get out that state of mind. And then next thing you know, he passed. And it was, it was, it was crazy. It was just like, felt like I just got like punched in the chest. Like it wasn't. It's something I don't like to... Uh, really express or go on, but, you know. What's your affiliation with Boot Camp Click after all of that? I mean, everybody cool. We all cool, you know, but, you know, that was, you know, you know. I mean, we all cool. I don't know what to say about, like, we all cool. We, like, you know, brothers, we greet each other every time, see each other, but. I think it's safe to say everybody took that pretty hard. I mean, the world took that pretty hard. Yeah. You know, I remember, you know, just being on the gram, Twitter, Facebook, all social media. I mean, like one day it's like everything was like Sean P everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So I think that was like definitely a, 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 um, a loss to the world. And I think yeah. that, you know, between the two of you guys, I definitely got to give you guys a lot of praise because 
Um, the work that you guys do, it changes the landscape of hip hop. And because of your personality, of you not wanting to like accept that fame, um, there's a tendency for, for artists like yourself to kind of go unnoticed. So the whole purpose of G1 Truth Radio was to like make sure we put shine on that artist that we feel changed the landscape of hip hop because I feel like that's something that you um, definitely did. So out of all the artists you work with, who would you say was the most favorite? Who you like to work with the most? Because, I mean, you got everybody from Fame, Guilty Simpson. I mean, I, I like... You got joints with Flush, and I love Flush. <laughs> I'm so, like, real talk, I'm so disappointed when I hear, because um, I loved Ice Down Medallions, mm-hmm. and I can't remember the other joint. There was a flip side to that. That was, cool like, heart. it was real sick. And then him and, like, Mike Geronimo and all those cats, those are the same people I'm talking about that changed the landscape of hip-hop. People don't even remember these cats. And these are the joints that really, like, shape hip-hop where people make a joint. They say, yo, I want my shit to be like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we definitely want to make sure we put that light on cats like yourself so that um, not to say you, to stay relevant because you're always going to be relevant just for the things that you do, but just to let you know, like, yo, we acknowledge the work that you do. And, you know, this is all about the hip-hop community, you know what I'm saying? And we love hip-hop, so, you know, that's where we're coming from with that. But you're dealing with, like, um, you got the New York Minute joint that you're going to drop soon. You're expected to release that this year. Yeah. And what's up with the bar for bar? Bar for bar, my fat ass got lazy. And that's what, and that's what happened with bar for bar. I mean, it was doing good. You know, I was trying to line up all people I know that was uh, really have fit clientele and, you know, and, you know, was going to go that route. But I, I, I got lazy and, you know, I got caught up in everything. Try, you know, working on three albums and the web series. So, and it drizzled down. You think you're going to be able to put G-Rap in the web series? Uh, no, I don't think he's going to. If he do it, it'll be That'd amazing. That'd be a lot of love. That'd be some good shit. Yeah, it'd shit. be amazing if he, he, he do it. But, you know, we'll, I will see what happens after, you know. But, you know, I would love to have a, a cameo of G-Rapper there. So what's the what's the next step for Elegy in the game? Like, what you t- what's the next level for you right now? Um, you know, I guess direct. I don't know. Maybe, maybe dabble into acting. Or whatever, but just keep pushing forward, trying to, you know, challenge myself musically, you know, and directorial. And I want to have a, you know, put out a DVD. Uh, you know, I was going to name it uh, Elegy to Definition. And, and, you know, the basis is about it of how I got the name Elegy and, you know, from everything from, you know, the, the transformation from street life to fully going through the music. What do I got to do to be an extra in your joint? Can I be like a crackhead or no, a character? Just let me know when <laughs> next time you're up here and we'll film something. We'll figure it out. That's about it. You know. Well, yo, God, I definitely appreciate you taking out the time to come on G1 Truth Radio and build with us because 
I talk to a lot of people. I build with a lot of people. Your name rings bells in a lot of people's ears, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people check for you and know your style and know the work that you did and all of your affiliations and all of the shit that you just done over the years. So I definitely appreciate you taking out the time to come build with us because it's G1 Truth Radio. And like I said earlier, we just want to make sure we put that praise on your name so everybody in the world definitely know who you are and this shit could spam because G1 Truth Radio, man, is a station like it'll be everywhere. We spanning out there. So that's what it is, God. I definitely appreciate you taking out the time to build with us today. Thank you for wanting to have me on the radio. Word up. So y'all know what this is, man. I'm the God Majestic. I'm in the building with Illa G. It's G1TruthRadio.com. You know how to find us. You know how to check for us. We on the gram, we on the Twitter, we on Facebook. We everywhere. Peace. <laughs>